0: I wanna to talk to you about the speed of unity. All right. Here's where it came from. Our church was growing and growing and people would ask me, why is your church growing? It, it went from a Bible study of 13 people to uh, a pre-COVID, it was 10,000 on a weekend. And, and, and post-COVID, we're like everybody, less people, more people online, which by the way, watching online, thank you so much for all of you that are utilizing that technology um, but people would say, why are you growing so fast? And, and I felt like God said, I'm going to download something to you that is, is the reason why you're moving forward so fast and why there's an anointing here that, that you don't even fully understand. And we have seven values in our church, and I won't tell you all of them, but the first one is the presence of God. We value the presence of God. We want the manifest presence of God like you had here during worship because one moment in his presence can change everything. One of those other seven values, though, is unity. And I never realized how important that was to doing something great, how it was important to do something that that God uses at another level. And so God said, you are moving at a speed of unity. And I didn't even know that was a speed until I looked into God's word. And I found three different speeds that were there right on the pages of the Bible. And the first one was this, the speed of agreement. Amos chapter three, verse three says, do two people walk together unless they agree to do so. You can't make forward motion until you agree on what we're going to do. Habakkuk two, two talks about a faster speed, the speed of vision. And so many books have been written on this. So many people have talked about it. It says this, and the Lord answered me, write the vision, make it plain on tablets so he may run who reads it. And if you have a vision, you can run. And that's why when you work at an organization or you have a church, or I love that Pastor Marty is doing vision night, you should want to hear what the vision is because it allows you to run instead of wondering, are we doing this or are we doing that? Where are we going? We have a vision. If you were to talk to our church, they would know our vision. We want to grow up to 20,000. We want to coach 10,000 churches how to do kingdom builders and give millions to missions. We want to 2,500 churches in our network. We want to uh, have 500 missionaries that are sent out. That's our bullseye. 500 missionaries sent out from our body right now. That's our goal. So people would know our vision of our church. I could go up to people. They'll say it. And it allows them to run. It allows them to move faster when you know what the vision is. You could cast a vision for a church. You could say, we're going to have the best weightlifting church. We're going to have the best accordion church. Of course, that's Wisconsin. But, you know, um, so we're going to have the best uh, food shelf. We're going to have the best. Do you understand? And as soon as you cast that vision, people start showing up. They're drawn to that vision because they can run at the speed of vision. But there's a faster speed, speed of unity. Speed of unity. And where did I find this? When I started looking in the Bible, I was like, God, you got to download this to me. He took me to Genesis chapter 11, Tower of Babel. The people are like, we will build a monument to ourselves. We will build a tower. This is for us, for our glory. Do we all agree? Let's go. This is... And, and they, the Bible says in Genesis eleven six 6, that the people were as one. And God says, nothing is impossible for them. Isn't that interesting? Beyond vision, they get to a speed of unity, and God's like, nothing's impossible. And so what does he have to do? He has to confound them and bring division with the languages so that they can't do what they're supposed to do. You ever think about that? Division keeps us from doing what God has called us to do. Unity allows us to do what he's called us to do. He showed me that in Acts chapter 2, when he pours out the Holy Spirit and he actually birthed the church, the Bible says when they were all in one place, in one accord, there were 120 people that were gathered. There were 500 people that saw Jesus ascend, and there's only 120 people, and apparently at 120, they had unity. They were in one place with one accord, and the Holy Spirit is poured out, and the church is birthed in a unity that is going on. Psalm one thirty three one says, "Behold how pleasant and good it is when brothers dwell together in unity," and then it goes on. It talks about it is like oil being poured down Aaron's body onto his beard. Aaron was the priest, and it was oil was symbolic of anointing. When we're in unity, there's like an anointing that is flowing on us, on our church, on our business, on our community group. Do you understand? There's an anointing that is there in the unity and Jesus even prayed for this unity. He's like, God, I, I pray that they'll be one like you and I are one and the world will know that you sent me because they are in unity and they love one another. And when the church is in unity, the world sees Jesus. And we have to run at the speed of of unity, And so I want to talk to you for just a few moments and teach on this for you just to, to help you to understand and have some tangible points of how do you know if we're running in the speed of unity. The first thing I would share with you is you'll know it when you feel it. You'll know it when you feel it. Like you just feel it. Like when you go into a place and it's, it's, it's clicking and there's unity, you can feel it. There's just a, a, something that is there. It, you, you can't even put your finger on it. Or, or opposite of that, you go into a place where there's not unity. It looks perfect, but you're like, hmm, doesn't feel, I, I don't feel it. There's something that happens physically, spiritually, emotionally, that when you're in a, running at the speed of unity, you feel it. You just, it's, it's a tangible presence. It's like an anointing that is there in the atmosphere. You, I can show you how Physically, it affects you when you're not in unity. When you're not in unity with somebody and you see them, what happens to your body? When you see them, like I have an issue with somebody and I'm just walking in the grocery store. And all of a sudden I turn by the aisle and I see somebody that I'm not in unity Physically, my stomach flips like, and there's like, a, like a shock of adrenaline that happens. I get like a hot fl- flash flood, like over, like, and and then I think I don't need bread today. I'm going to aisle six, you know. I hope they didn't see me. Let's get out of here. We don't need groceries. Leave the cart, you know. Leave it. Leave it. Just ah, we're out of here. Something happens, and and that feeling that you feel is is for you to be able to respond and say, let's make this right. Let's settle the problem. Let's not be at division. Let's not struggle with one another. And if you have that, that feeling towards anybody in this church, I don't want to tell you right now, go to that person and say, I don't want to feel that way anymore. We've got to solve this. We've got to reconcile this. We, I, I want to feel the joy when I see. You know, when, when I saw Pastor Marty today, hadn't seen him in a while, and I saw him today, he, man, adrenaline, positive, good. I just I wanted to shake his hand, give him a hug, not have him break me in half. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, you know, yeah, joy. You'll know it when you feel it. When you, when you have the speed of unity, you don't second guess each other. It's terrible working at a place or being in a church where church says, here's what we're going to do. I disagree. I, why are we doing that? That's not the way. Uh, we just start second guessing. But when we have the spirit of, speed of unity, we're like, I don't understand it, but I'm going to do it because I trust you and I'm going to move. I'm not going to second guess you. I, I want to move forward in this. When, when you have the speed of unity, you laugh with one another, and you can even laugh at each other. There's just a freedom to laugh. If you were to come to our staff meeting, you would see laughter and just joy and so much fun and and even sometimes a little goofy. But I mean, there's just joy that's there, and there's an ability to have laughter. And I'm always worried about a church that doesn't have laughter, or a, a company that doesn't have laughter, or when the teams I cheer for don't have laughter and joy. I want to see them laughing. I want to see him having fun because I know that that's a tell that there's a spirit of unity there. We can cry with each other too. We feel like there's something happening. There's a a connection emotionally that is happening in the speed of unity. First Corinthians 12, 26, 26 says, if one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Like there's an honor, there's a rejoicing, there's a crying. We're, we're in this together that is happening. When there's the speed of unity going on in a church or an organization, you hear it. You'll hear just the phrases that are there. You'll, it's just in tune. It's like you, you, you'll hear things and you just, it's in the atmosphere and you'll hear repeated phrases and language and, and things that people will talk about and they'll just say it. You'll hear it. You'll do more than you ever could do alone when you have the speed. of You just start getting better results. Uh, some people from Kellogg grad school and Wharton did a study and they grouped people together that liked each other and then a random group that did, but these people liked each other. And they found on simple projects that the group that liked each other outperformed them by 20%. But when they came to complex problems, they outperformed them by 70%. I want the 70% edge in the church. I want the 70% edge in the business. I want the 70% ed- I want that edge because that's what liking, unity, being together will give you. Remember, God said nothing is impossible to them because they were unified. So uh, this is something that we need to see. Now, there are ways to protect the unity, and I want to speak very clearly to the leaders right now. If you are a leader in this church, you are key at protecting the unity. You are key in protecting unity. And I I have no idea, haven't had enough time to catch up with Pastor Marty to even know like where things are at. But if you're out of step, this is a callback to get in step with leadership. I'm just telling you, you can't be in leadership and not in unity. And I'll illustrate this for you. In your band, there are two people that they must be in total unity or the whole band falls apart. And it's not the singer. Okay? One of them's the drummer. Drummer has to be in total unity with the bass player. And if the bass player and the drummer are not what they call in the pocket, they got to be boom, boom. They're on the same beat. It feels dysfunctional to us. If they're off just a little, it just, it's dysfunctional and it bothers us and we'll even talk to the sound man like, sounds terrible. You know? No, it's that they're not on the same beat. But when they're in the same beat, which, by the way, after the first service, uh, Jimmy, the, the bass guitar player, came up. He's like, I love you, man. I love you. In the pocket. That's me. Yeah. But he's right. Your band is in the pocket. They're right there together. And, and what happens when there's a key leader, I, I'll, I'll even speak. I, I have no idea what's going on in church. I'm just, so please don't think I'm pointing at anybody. anybody. Okay. But like, if a pastor on staff is out of line with the lead pastor, it's just it's this. And the dysfunction starts to ripple through the church. If the key leader, you're a volunteer, you say, but I, I'm not paid. But if you're like this, th- there's dysfunction. And then people walk in and they, they can feel it. If you're a leader, you need to get in the pocket with the leader and say, I'm there with you. I'm right there. I'm, I'm, I'm standing with you. And I will be in the speed of unity. That's how you protect it. And you say, I'm gonna be there. Now, let me just illustrate this for everyone on the, the team. Support, agree. Disagree. Support, agree, disagree. I've learned this. This generation coming up right now thinks if they don't agree with everything 100%, they have to make you like their enemy. And I'm like, no, 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 we're not, we're not, we just, dis, we just disagree a little bit on this, you know? And they're like, well, I don't agree with you 100%. You know, like, my wife and I don't agree 100%. How many are with me? You're know, like, all right, and we just like, okay, let's, let's find a solution here, right? But we've come to like, I have to agree with everything 100%, or I disagree with you. No, no. If you're part of a team, you can support something even though you disagree with it. Okay, the highest level would be I agree with it and I support it, but because I'm part of a team and I've been able to say my piece and somebody else in authority, the boss, the manager, the pastor, the whoever made the decision... I leave that room and I support the decision. That protects unity. I support it. And, and and if you find yourself always disagree, 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 find a new team, find a you know, find a new thing, repent, change, whatever. But like, it, you 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 voice your opinion, and then you support what leadership does. That's what being a part of a team is. That protects the speed of unity. And and I recognize this in first service, and I'll share like, I, I use this all the time when I'm talking about this and I realize I'm in the Chicago area, but um, years ago, remember when the play was called at the end of the game and the ball was supposed to go to Tony Kukoc and not to Pippen and Pippen, too soon, too soon. Okay, yeah, okay. And, and he was mad. Pippen was mad like, I'm not, I should get the shot. I should, I, it should be me. And he, and he protests, okay. He disagreed. He should have said, I, I, don't, I don't agree with it but I support it because I'm on the team. And I want to protect the unity that's there. I want to protect this. That's what God wants us to do, to protect the unity. Now, there's a few other things that we can do to protect. Are you getting anything out of this? Are you getting anything? Are you realizing there's something here for you? If you're going to go to the next level, God needs you to have this unity as you're devoted to Him and devoted to one another. There's an anointing on unity, and the things you're dreaming for as a church, it'll they'll happen. It'll be possible. God will pour out this anointing on you. So now let me give you a few things. You, you need to speak life. You need to speak life. Uh, speak life, say good things, be positive. Uh, th- this says in Proverbs 16, 28, it says, a troublemaker plants seeds of strife. Gossip separates the best of friends. There's something about the power of our words that separates and causes division. And you're gonna be the type of person that speaks life. I'm so positive, And matter of fact, that's a phrase you'll hear at our church. We're gonna speak life. We're gonna speak life. Yeah, we say it all the time. We're gonna speak life. I'm so positive. You know, people say, is the glass half full or half empty? I'm so positive, I say, the glass is half full and it comes with full, with free refills. Like I want free refills, like that's how positive. And we're like, we're gonna speak life. And, and you do that and you protect the unity that way. Another way that you protect the unity is you forgive quickly. Colossians three thirteen says, be even tempered, content with second place, quick to forgive an offense. Forgive as quickly and completely as the master forgave you. That's how you protect the unity. Another thing, you honor in all directions. You honor those people above you. You honor the people across from you. You honor the people down from you. You honor in every direction. I love that about your pastor. Your pastor honors every. He's like, hey, thank you for serving. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You know, you you honor in every direction. Every that protects the unity. You 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 follow the prompts of the Holy Spirit. Go say yes. Go encourage them. Go say go say you're sorry for that. Follow that protects the unity. And then I'll give you two last things, two last things. One, pray for unity. If Jesus prayed for unity, we need to pray for unity. Pray for unity. Pray for it all the time. Pray, God, help us be unified. Help us to move at the speed of unity. Help us, if there's anything in me that needs to change, let it change. God, I pray for my leader. I pray for my boss. I pray, let us move at the speed of unity. Help us, God, to get to, pray. Pray for the speed of unity. And then the other thing that I would say is, Stay in the flow. Now, this is important. And even between services, I didn't ask for an update on this. But you stay in the flow. The more you stay in the flow, the more unified you stay. So you just had your nights of revival, different special services. You have prayer meetings coming up, vision meeting with pastor. You see, you see what I'm saying? So yeah, you stay in the flow. A lot of people like to opt out. I'm busy, I have other things, I don't wanna be here. It's optional, don't have to. And every time you miss something, you just fall a half step out of alignment. Same thing with work. Work says, hey, we're gonna go do a team bonding thing. You're like, oh, bonding, total waste that time. I was getting stuck in those rope courses and fall over. Yeah, okay. Every time you don't do it, you just fall half step out. Everybody else has a shared experience, not you. Fall half step, half step. Pretty soon you're four steps behind. And you're wondering why the team isn't like it used to be or the church isn't like it used to be, but you're not staying in the flow. And I can illustrate this to you with the disciples. After Jesus rose from the dead, he appears to 10 of the disciples. Judas is now gone. But there's 11, and Jesus applies, he he appears, he appears to 10, which is just amazing. Like, not all of them were gathered, one was missing. This guy was so out of alignment with the disciples, we even give him a nickname, don't we? Doubting Thomas. And this guy's like, no, you don't understand. The other disciples are like, he's risen. He's risen. It's real. We're not crazy. He's the one. He's risen. We have a mission. What does Thomas, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Unless I see Jesus, unless I touch his hands, unless I touch his side, I'm not, y'all are crazy. And Thomas has sideways energy against the unity that's there. And what does Jesus have to do? He has to appear to Thomas and say, Thomas, come here, touch my hands, touch my sides, it's real. And all of a sudden, Thomas gets in alignment and gets up to speed and he's like, Jesus, I'll go, where do you wanna go? Let's go, let's go to the world, let's go. Every time you miss something, you just fall half step, quarter step, three quarter step and you fall out of alignment. And I'm saying right now, get in alignment as you start this year. Get in alignment where you say, God, I want to move at the speed of unity. I want, to, I want to put more of myself in. I want to not opt out. I want to opt in whenever possible so that we can have a spirit of unity so nothing is impossible.